0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We are uh, just starting off. We're only one week in now to our Peace Series. It's such a good one to... uh, to lead us through to Christmas, Kevin was saying this morning it's now okay, it's no longer the C word to say Christmas, it's no longer a bad, it's no longer a bad thing to say, it's, it's bad before I don't know, whenever, we haven't really decided, I think it's because the John Lewis advert came out, that's what it is, once the John Lewis advert comes out then it's for a game. Yeah, yeah, killing it. But it's so good to talk about peace, and uh, tonight I want to talk about the place of peace. That's the that's the title for my message this evening, the place of peace. But you know, I want to start off by um, giving you a little bit of a an insight into me as a person, uh, maybe you can uh, affiliate with this yourself. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But who here likes people watching? Who here likes just you know imagining what other lives? People walking down the street are leading. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing. Sometimes, if I'm particularly bored, I will try and guess, you know, like what nationality someone's from, or like where they're going. You know, just looking at their clothes, looking at their style, looking at their, um, their demeanour, and trying to work out uh, where where they're going. I find it particularly easy in Aberdeen to spot tourists. Because here's the, it's, it's really it's a quite, a, it's quite a, an easy uh, distinction. Tourists are looking around. That's it, that's it. Tourists are looking at the buildings. People from Aberdeen do not care. They are going from point A to point B down as quick as possible to get in and get out of whatever uh, hailstorm or thunderstorm or rainstorm, whatever is going on. And the tourists are like, oh, that's a... That's a, that's a that's a lovely piece of architecture there. And people from Aberdeen are just like, oh, there's a building there. I've lived here my entire life. It's just the bit between Starbucks and the next Starbucks to me. I didn't realize that there was anything actually there. It was just space. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. When you're in a new place, you walk differently, you look around differently you're kind of out of your comfort zone if you like we kind of use that word comfort zone a lot but, but you kind of get what I mean you know you're you're if you if you've been on holiday somewhere brand new and you've never been there before obviously if it's brand new you've never been there before but you uh you're fresh and you're uh I think you're you can be like hyper alert do you know what I mean like you're so you're super aware like you're like okay I don't know where I am I don't I don't really know where I'm going I've got like a rough idea I don't know if anyone's try trying to get my bags you become like super aware of your bags just yeah. in case they want my pants or my <laughs> whatever they just the nonsense I've got in my suitcase but I become hyper aware but you're you're on edge you're not comfortable you're not settled you know you, you spot it like again something else that a tourist will do and maybe you'll do yourself if you're in somewhere new you'll you'll cross a road but you'll you, you don't know if that road's a busy road or a quiet road so you got you gotta look and make sure you know you're like oh I I see people do that coming in, like to uh, crossing a like a street in Aberdeen. That's it's like a one-way street, and and cars are never going to go down that way. I know that because I'm a local. I know that because I'm from around here. But then you see someone who's not from around here, and they, oh, I don't know if I'm about to get run over, so I better double check. Oh, oh wait, no, there's no cars. I'm good to go. You know, it's funny how you kind of handle yourself differently when you're in a a place that you don't know, a place that you don't quite get, a place you don't quite understand. Um. When I, uh, when I finished school, I took a gap year, which uh, some of you know me will know about. I went to India, and I remember arriving in the city of Calcutta, which is a humongous city, sprawling, huge place, and just being so overwhelmed by it all as a fresh 18-year-old kid, and just like the sights and the smells and the smells <laughs> and the smells, and just how that, that place just kind of just was, it was, I was new and I did not know what to do there. And it took me a while to even understand how to cross the road. You know, like in, um, there's just in, in the main street in Calcutta, there's so many cars that they, they, don't have two, they don't have two directions of traffic. They have one direction of traffic that changes halfway through the day. So some, un, some unlucky policeman has a job of walking into six lanes of cars and stopping them all. And the cars that have gone past him, they, they all go. And he turns it around. And then it suddenly becomes six lanes of traffic going the other way. So, like, all these things. When you're new to a city, you don't know these things. Like, nobody explains that. When you get in a taxi, and a taxi takes you a completely different direction to get to your destination, you're thinking you're about to get mugged, scammed, or left for dead. But actually, he just knows that the road network's changed, and he needs to take you a different route to get you to where you want to go. And it's just, it's new. And it's exciting, but you're not comfortable <laughs> to cross a, to cross a road in Calcutta, It's kind of like um, it, the cars become like a liquid. It becomes like trying to trying to like it's trying to cross a river. You basically just have to edge your way out into the road with cars kind of going around you like that, until eventually one driver decides, he's probably far enough over now, I'm going to go this way. Yeah. And, and that's you. suddenly you're one lane over. You, you've made it one lane. And so then you have to keep edging a little bit further until the second lane of cars decide, all right, okay, I'll go around you this side as well. And you do that bit by bit until you've made your way across the road. It is scary, but man alive, what a rush. <laughs> Crossing the road is uh, never, never made you feel so alive. <laughs> I remember one of my, uh, one of my proudest moments when I was in Calcutta. Uh, I was just, um, I was standing in the doorway to a shop. I was, I was drinking a coke and chatting to some of the kids that I was doing some work with, um, who lived quite nearby to where I stayed. And I was just catching up with them, finding out how their weekend had been and stuff like that. And I clocked a tourist. Now. At that point, I was not a tourist. I was white, but I was not a tourist. He was white and a tourist. So I I, I I clocked him. And he clocked me. And there's a kind of like there's a guy thing of just I don't know, just understanding, you know, the the, the universal eye subtle eye lift. You know, if I'm like, Chaz. <laughs> your head moved too much your head too, your head moved too much like it needs to be more subtle than that but yeah you you know what i mean like there was and he he clocked me and gave me a little and i i uh, i clocked him and uh, gave him the uh, the eye raise back and he said and this is what i was just so proud of he said you look like you know what you're doing can you help me find and then named a place it was uh, the mother teresa uh, mother teresa's tomb which was actually just around the corner um but at that point, I realized I wasn't an outsider anymore. I felt comfortable in the city that had been so overwhelming just a couple of months earlier. And I realized, actually, I was at peace there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you know a place well, when it feels like home, or when you feel like you understand how it works and how it ticks and what's going on, you kinda, you're able to relax, You're able to walk down the street and know when to cross, when not to cross, who to look at, who not to look at, what shops to go in, what shops not to go in. Things that we take for granted in our home. You're comfortable. When you don't know that place so well, everything just feels that little bit more difficult. Everything's that little bit Harder to do, like a five minute journey to get to a restaurant becomes 20 minutes because you take three wrong turns and ask the wrong person for directions and end up further away than when you started. But that's kind of part of the fun. You know, the Bible has this challenge to us that we would not just find peace in our hometown. And I want to talk about that tonight. You know, Jesus frequently says, not just to his disciples, but to the people that he came in contact with, he tells them to go in peace. Not just stay in your home and and be peaceful there, but he tells them to go in peace. And I think there's so much power in that declaration. I want to unpack that tonight. I want to talk more about that tonight because I think we can get something out of this. I really believe that God's speaking into this this evening. In fact, Aaron has already gone to this verse, um, John chapter 20. He asked me before the service, which was very gentlemanly of him to do so. I don't know if you were asking me or just telling me. That's what you're going to do. I told him that if he stepped on my preach notes, I would kill him while he slept. (laughs) In like a gentle way, you know, like, like full of grace and humility and stuff like that. But, but what you said was quite good, so uh, I'm only a little bit jealous. No, if we, we go back to John chapter 20, and this is Jesus appearing to the disciples who are afraid. They're hiding, they're, they're locked in a room, afraid that they're about to get turned over to the authorities for being followers of Jesus. They're, getting, they're gathered together and they're praying. And it picks up at verse 19 got it here oh yeah there we go that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid suddenly Jesus was standing there among them peace be with you he said let's jump to verse 21 let's skip verse 20 I just want to go again he he repeats it again he said peace be with you as the father has sent me so I am sending you that peace that Jesus talks about was never designed to be kept at home just as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you in peace. And what, what Jesus is, is saying here is, he's telling his disciples, wherever you go, take peace. Whoever you meet, give them peace. Whatever situation you're in, you've got peace. And I think, you know, we... We have this idea of, of peace being like a, a fixed place. Like I can step into peace and I can step out of peace. Like like that idea of being comfortable in our hometown or being comfortable, you know, when you go back to your, your parents' home, if that was where you grew up. And you just like, you go back into like feeling like you did when you were a kid or a teenager growing up. You feel at home. There's that, there's that kind of comfort and there's that security in there. And then when you step outside of that, you're kind of stepping away from that. We have this concept of peace being like this fixed thing. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You're taking that. You've got to take it with you. Jesus is like, whatever you walk into, don't rely on what they've got, rely on what you're bringing. I think that's so important. Like the disciples didn't need to. The disciples didn't need to cross their fingers and hope that the door that they knocked on, that the person was peaceful, because Jesus said, "Go in peace. Peace be with you." Not peace. Peace will be there at the other end when you get there. No, no, no. You've got it. You've got it. It's so good. That 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 idea that the power is there, and actually. What I think is so powerful, what I think is so powerful for us to grab a hold of, especially in this kind of day and age, as as we like to kind of talk about the kind of turbulent times, the instability in the world around us, that Jesus is telling his disciples to be generators of peace. To be peace creators, not just peace finders or peace searchers. Peace is all about what you're standing on I think that's a it's maybe an odd thing to say but you'll understand when I unpack it if we go to Ephesians chapter 6 we'll read the the armor of God that kind of famous section in verse 13 I'm talking I'm saying here peace is all about what you're standing on Ephesians chapter 6 and uh, and verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Here we go, verse 15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Even there, in that amazing, amazing uh, passage, that shows us how we can be equipped and prepared to go out into this world and and bring the change that God asks us to bring. Peace is all about what you're standing on. Peace is is your shoes. Peace is the soles on your feet. And I think there's something really powerful about what it talks about there. In the New King James, it says, like your feet being shod with the gospel of peace. Those three words are... So powerful, like that. Absolutely. When I was when I was working my way through my notes for this, uh, like preparing for this preach, like I had to kind of stop and change direction when I read those three words because I realised the impact and the power and the importance of that. And it actually just lit something inside of me. It really, like, just, just the revelation on that was was huge. I really hope, I really hope I can put that across to you today. Those three words, the gospel of peace, changes everything. Here's my super controversial statement that I hope you'll forgive me for and just allow me to unpack. The peace is not for you. That peace is not for you. You see, Jesus doesn't send his disciples out saying, peace be with you, so they feel all warm and fuzzy when it's a cold, dark night. They're like, oh, they've got their little like, comfort blanket around them. Jesus said, peace be with me, so I feel better about myself. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, the world needs to know that the battle is over. The world needs to know the gospel, the good news, that the victory is won and that peace is available. How amazing is that? The gospel of peace. That's what Jesus came to bring. He brought good news that us, sinful man and woman, that we can be made right and have peace with God. And Jesus is saying, peace be with you. You're carrying that. Go with the gospel of peace. Go with the power of that good news that there is peace for everyone with God because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished. Oh my goodness. Like when I got that, I was just like, that is so good. The peace is not for me. The peace is for everyone around me who needs to know how much God loves them. You know, I think we can be so in danger in church in general of being too self-obsessed. It can be really easy to get like inward focused um, and, and, and lose the sight of the bigger picture. You know, when we sing a song, it can become about my what's happening with me, what's happening in my heart. How do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. Or when we read a verse, we, we, and there's nothing wrong with this. We think about how I can apply that to my life, and that, that's absolutely great. But let's not forget, let's not lose sight of the fact that this stuff is there. The Bible is there for us to speak that out, to give that away. We've not been given gifts. We've not been given the power of the Holy Spirit. We've not been given this, this life and life in abundance to store up and keep selfishly, greedily, grabbly, just kind of hang on to it. It's there to give away. Yeah. Same thing with the peace. It's there for us to bless the world with. And I know I can be guilty of this. Thinking about peace, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't really feel at peace right now. I I need peace. I need peace. Please, me, 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 and God's like, you're sorted, Neil. Yeah. The peace is for everyone else. Yeah. Like the gospel of peace, that good news, you've got it. Yeah. Come on, yeah. look up. Yeah. You know, as Steve Kennedy, that I'm sure um, you guys who were here last week will still remember that 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 simple analogy of widening the wing mirrors, and that has been going around my head all week. Yeah. That that simple that simple image of just. In a car wing where it's just just widen a bit, catch a bit more of what's going on around you. Yeah. Stop looking at yourself. stop looking at what's going on in yeah. your own life. Yeah. Um, there's, an, um, there's a pretty well-known uh, passage you don't have to turn there. we'll just kind of we'll just uh, brush on it you can look at it later if you want in 1 Peter chapter 2 where Peter talks about the church being built and the, uh, the building of the, the house of God. And he talks about how the church is a building made of people, that all of us, you and me, that we are pieced together brick by brick like living stones. And that's, those are the words that Peter uses to describe us as a, as a church. That we are a building, but, but we're, we're made of people. We're living stones. With Jesus as the cornerstone and God as the foundation. It's an amazing, amazing picture of the church. And, and there's so much uh, truth in that. You know, here's where peace fits into that situation. Here's where peace fits into that statement. As a building, our structural integrity comes from our foundation. But as a building, we provide peace. We provide safety. We provide shelter to all the people who need it. To all the people who need to come in the doors and get some rest. It's this will be like the third time today I think that we've mentioned this from the stage, but it's been so prevalent. Like I can't remember a time where the the media, social media, has been so just riled and wound up at the the U.S. elections going both ways. And I don't care which side of the fence you fall on, I get so frustrated looking at Facebook comment like arguments going. What are you doing? Why? Like, like nobody's winning anything like that. Like, and and worse, I see too many Christians, like, rattled by the election results, forgetting that as a building, our structural integrity comes from our foundation. And as the church, Christ is the cornerstone and God is our foundation. You know, like, God is so not bothered by a result going this way or a result going that way he's not shaking in his boots he's not losing sleep over it because he knows where he's at he's sovereign, he is lord of lords king of kings and he is in control and I think as a church it's so good just to be reminded of that because it's a volatile world, like Volatile times. People are scared. People are, un, like un. What's the word? Like they're uneasy, and they need more than ever the peace that we've been given yeah. to give them. Yeah. Like so much more now than ever before. The church is there to give peace. Yes. We should be the last group of people worrying about any political results we should be there steadfast strong providing that reassurance and that confidence that whatever happens as Paul says whether you know I'm up or down nothing neither angels nor demons nothing neither Democrat or Republican nothing like it doesn't matter nothing will separate me from the love of God through Christ Jesus You know, there is a stability that we have got that we've been asked to give away. Yes. We're here to provide that. When Jesus says, peace be with you, please don't think of that as just something warm and, fl- and fluffy to keep you safe at night. That is a powerful statement. Yes. That is a commission with an action and, yes. and, uh, and a, a life changing world, transforming like outcome off the back of that, that when you give that peace people find security they find stability, they find strength and they find rest all the things that we find in God all the things that as a church we get from our foundation all the things that we get we provide that for other people and you know, I I, uh, I want to say to you tonight that when you go, when you leave here, I want you to go in peace, and I want you to hold on to those three simple words to go in peace. Yes. Because that's not just a nice way to say goodbye. It's not a. It's not like a Christian way of saying see you next week. <laughs> like that's that's the way of saying like. That's a way of saying you have got so much on you that the world needs. Go and give it away. Go and just rub shoulders with your neighbours who need peace, with your colleagues who need peace, with your family members who need peace. Just as the Father sent me, so I send you. Mm -hmm. These are Jesus' words, peace be with you like I I think that's that turned it on its head so much for me that Christians get off with with being labeled as as passive or weak and peace is one of those words I think we we think of as such a nice word it's so nice oh yeah peace yeah mm. but there's power in that word you know like there is power to break things in that word like just as Aaron said today and Kevin's message this morning peace is not nothing peace peace isn't debt going back to zero peace is above and beyond mm-hmm. like peace is an active thing mm-hmm. it's not just a, it's not just an absence of conflict mm-hmm. it's an active bringing about of restoration yeah. it's an active bringing about of generation of new life yeah. it's a powerful thing yeah. so when i say go in peace go full go overflowing mm-hmm. go equipped Go empowered. Go knowing that you stand strong when your neighbours need stability. That you stand tall when your colleague comes in with has having that crap day at work. Mm -hmm. You know, that you can stand strong when your bank balance suggests maybe you're you're not, but you know you've got peace. Mm -hmm. I love that we come together as a church to worship a God who knows us so intimately and loves us so fervently that he would stop at nothing to bring us back. The gospel of peace, that good news, that's all that the gospel means. It's a Greek word, it means the good news. The good news that you and I can have peace with God. If that's something that you need to hear tonight, then I... I love, I love that I get to stand here and declare that. I love that I get to stand here and say that there is good news. As Aaron said during takeover, I love that I get to stand here and say there is hope. I love that I get to stand here and say, we're not just huddled together waiting for the authorities to come and take us away. That's not why we meet on a Sunday. We meet on a Sunday to build one another up, to find out how God has been doing amazing things in our lives in the week, and to find out what is going to happen next week as we go out into a world that needs peace. We get peace from God to give peace to a world that needs it. I think there's a simplicity in that that I would love to just leave you with tonight. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com God bless.